I'm the creative director, but I look at the girls that I work with as my peers Mm -hmm. and I learn so much from them. They learn so much from me. So it's really a team effort and it's, you know, very collaborative, which I love. I like working that way. Yeah. And I I think that we are still very much in the weeds. And despite the fact that we keep growing, I think that's part of our culture. I think that we as people are doers and we are not managers. We are actually doers. And so if there's something we can do, we do it. Social media can be a powerful tool for developing products. Just ask Divya Gugnani and Lindsay Ellingson, co-founders of Wander Beauty, the first travel-inspired, cruelty-free, luxury color cosmetics experience. Coming up, you'll hear why product development can take so long, thinking big and understanding what women want, how a co-founder's modeling experience gave the executive team a tactile intuition, Why building the right team has been so crucial to success and being choosy and slow to hire has paid off. The importance of resilience to survive beyond difficult challenges. How they push past a tough moment in the company. Creating a culture of meritocracy and why they adopted an open floor plan. Meeting and partnering with people via social media and the concept of teach, learn and inspire. Coming up, building the right team and why resilience matters. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. We have Divya and Lindsay here with me today. They are the co-founders of Wander Beauty. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. How did the both of you meet and come up with this idea? So we met about five years ago um, on the Upper East Side at um, a salon opening. It was a party. And we met through mutual friends. um, And we just quickly bonded over our love of travel and beauty. It was like a really quick meetup, really quick. And then like, she was like, let's have lunch this week. We had lunch <laughs> and that. you can tell the rest. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, I met Lindsay at a party and we just like exchanged emails and we were just like, it was 30 seconds of like intense, like we love beauty. It was just the most bizarre connection that you have with someone at a party. And I was like, come over, have let, let's have lunch at my place. And like, I just had a baby, like literally two or three weeks before. So it's like, I kind of can't leave the house. Will you come to my house? She's like, sure. And so (laughs) just in that first conversation that we had, we sat down and we talked about ourselves. And we really like took a deep dive on like what our beauty's like and what our lives are like. And really, you know, you can say just like I do, planes, trains, automobiles, putting on makeup in the back of an Uber, Mm -hmm. you know, doing our skincare at the gym, you know, touching up our hair at our desk. All of my products fitting in this bag. Exactly. She would bring the tiniest purse to my... I have the tiniest purse. I have the small MacBook computer because I say I need a computer to fit my bag, not a bag to fit my computer. But that's exactly it. And so Lindsay would bring this tiny bag over my house. And when we were at the party, by the way, I noticed she was wearing a really tiny purse. Mm -hmm. I was like, how do you carry your stuff around with you? And... 
For so many years, makeup artists and skincare experts were like doing all these hacks to make beauty travel with you. And they were like, you know, putting setting powder on a cushion and putting in a Ziploc bag and taking it out to a party. And we're like, why does this have to be like this? Why is there no brand and no place and destination where we can go and have a beauty experience where everything is really catered to us as consumers? We are time-starved women in motion. And where is the time-starved women in motion beauty brand that's giving you beauty in motion, that's giving giving you fewer, better beauty essentials to keep you gorgeous on the go. And so we didn't see it out there, so we created it. I love that. I love that. What were you both doing before? Um, So I've been a model for about 15 years. And so when I met Divya, um, I was working with Victoria's Secret. It was one of the Victoria's Secret Angels. I'd done hundreds of fashion shows. Um, I lived in Paris, New York. I've traveled the world. It's been amazing. Um, And in that time, I worked with these incredible artists all over the world, all the best beauty experts, makeup artists. And that's really where, where my knowledge and passion for beauty comes from. And so it just so happens that you know, became very useful. <laughs> Incredibly useful. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I um, had started my career in finance, worked in investment banking at Goldman Sachs, worked in private equity, um, then got bitten by the entrepreneurial bug and had started uh, three companies before starting Wander. So I'd really had the opportunity to start brands, start companies, grow them, scale them. I'd sold two of them prior to selling, prior what to starting three Wander. companies. So the first one was in the auto parts sector. The second one was in the culinary space. And the third one was called um, Send the Trend, which was sold to QVC. Awesome. Awesome. So you meet in your apartment. You're bonding over what needs to happen in the beauty business. And what happens next? What happens next is we wanted to make sure that our experience wasn't just our experience. And there really was a white space in the market and there was an opportunity for a brand like this. So we did a little homework. We we actually reached out to friends, family, people that we knew, surveyed lots of women, different ages, different ethnicities, different skin concerns, different geographies. And really tried to understand their pain points. We didn't want to direct them in any way. We really asked people to tell us, what bothers you about your beauty routine? And so many women said, too many products, too much stuff, too much mm-hmm. clutter, don't know how to use it. They're busier than ever. They need to get out the door in five minutes and right. fast, and then they want to throw their products in the bag. But everything at that time was so messy. There was too many steps. There was glass jars. Everything I was traveling with as a model would spill in my bag. Like There, was, yes. there would always be a spill in a ruined silk blouse mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. of my trip. So we wanted to solve all of those problems that all women could relate to. Yeah, we, we really focused on these pain points that Lindsay mentioned and also this unmet need. And for us in creating a brand, beauty, we always talk about this. We talked about it literally on our walk here. We have this conversation like the beauty market's crazy. They tell you you need a cream for your left el- elbow. And like we don't believe you need a cream for your left elbow. We believe <laughs> that you should streamline your beauty yes. routine. You have fewer things that do Thank more. Thank you. You know, I you agree. should have things that are working with your skin, not against it because we care about our skin. And so when we were creating our brand, so much thought went into it of like, what are the unmet needs? What are the areas of opportunities? And how can we truly innovate to solve problems in women's lives? And once you figured out what problem you wanted to solve, what was the next best step? Was it figuring out the branding or was it going to straight into product development? We work at such a fast pace. It was both. Um, I think that my my passion is really in the creative side and the product development. Um, So we I had an idea of what I thought that product, our first product could be. And we, you know, we talked about it. We also, at the same time, were coming up with, what, is, what are we going to call this brand? We went through quite a different... 
quite we a few the funniest thing. We yeah. like went through all these names. We we're like, and then we'd be texting each other at all hours for like weeks, being like, it's I think I have it. I think I have it. No, it's totally not right. No, I don't like that. No, people like like fonts and like what is your mark? So that was like because these are such tiny details, but they live for the rest of right you have to look at life. that branding every so, single day i'm so, so happy we to took like the it. time it took it I took do. months i think it took us a long time and i think we put a lot of thought into it mm-hmm. wander means so much to both of us personally it was this idea of like we're wandresses we love to travel we have a passion for it we want women to travel and enjoy their beauty and take it with them wherever they wander we want all every single formula to be enriched with global skin loving ingredients the a in wander is actually an arrow from a compass. It's this idea and this inspiration of wherever you wander. So there were so many things that came from our personal experiences and our lives that we wanted to put into the brand. Mm -hmm. And just bringing that romanticism of travel to life through every aspect of the brand, the product, the product name, the shade. Um, We can get more into it, but our first shade was actually inspired by Sunset in Saint-Tropez, which was really romantic we love that um so yeah and we brought that that all to life and we've stayed consistent with that to this day which is great what were the first steps from the product development side how did you figure out how to make these products <laughs> that was tough tougher than you think <laughs> sounds like, tough i think i wouldn't know some, where to begin we had some ideas around what we wanted to do um and Lindsay's actually holding that on the glow blush and illuminator um, and she this can, was the first product. This, this was our thing. first product. We launched our brand with one product, Ooh. and these double-sided sticks were not on the market. This didn't exist. This component wasn't there. So we really innovated here. And what we what we thought is like, what is the essential product that every woman needs to kind of just enhance her beauty to make her feel more confident, feel pretty? Blush and highlighter. It's an essential. Everybody has it in their makeup bag. But let's simplify this. Here's a stick on one side is your cream blush. You can also use this on your lips and your eyes. On the other side is a highlighter, which you can use on your face, so the high points of your face to highlight, accentuate your features. You could use it on your body. There's at least 12 different ways that you can use this one product, which is why we launched with On The Glow Blush and Illuminator. Right. And people looked that. at us like we were crazy. So just imagine the two of us working on this product, innovating in the packaging, innovating in the formula, innovating in the ingredient story, making it good for your skin, making it free of all the nasties. And then they're like, but where's the range? And the two of us are sitting there in this meeting. We're like, but we want to understand if people understand our brand first. We as entrepreneurs are putting out one thing that we believe you can use 20 different ways or 12 different ways, and it's going to replace so many different things in your makeup bag. We want to make this case with one product that everybody's talking about, that the retailers are talking about, that the press is talking about, that our friends and family are talking about, our first customers are sharing their journey and experience with. And let's see where that gets us. And then we'll take it from there. And then Mm -hmm. we'll be very thoughtful about what we create next. We didn't want to just, we're not manufacturers of brands. And we've seen this, like so many people just go out and they like create a whole assortment and they manufacture the whole logo typeface, this, that, the other. Like this came from a very personal place for us. It was a journey. It was an experience. It was a process we went through together. It's heavily inspired by our own experiences and now really heavily inspired by the community that we built. Mm -hmm. That's a very, very and smart And it's approach. still a fan favorite and yes. an Allure Best of Beauty has, winner. <laughs> has that product evolved over the years or is it still the same Slightly. product? From we have more shades. shades. Yeah, more shades. Um, but honestly, it was it's it's really good. It has it didn't have to evolve much because the formula is really, really good and the concept is there and it's an essential in your beauty bag and every woman agrees. And I literally don't leave home without it. Me too. <laughs> 
How did you launch it? How did you get the word out about the brand? about this product. Lindsay had the pleasure of going out <laughs> and doing it. So yeah. we launched on QVC first. That mm-hmm. was our first retailer. Lindsay went on air. Mm-hmm. She did a phenomenal job. She told the story of the brand. She told, she demonstrated the product. She showed how many different ways you could use it. And like we had it on our own website and that's really where we started. And then we yeah. since then have, you know, built our distribution to Net-A-Porter globally, Sephora globally, uh, Nordstrom around the country. And we've really fueled a lot of our business through our direct-to-consumer channel. Awesome. Awesome. And how have you divided up now that you've already launched, you're established, you've been in business for a few years? Who is doing what now? Have you divided up the responsibilities? Our roles are very different, which is great um, because I couldn't do what she does. <laughs> and I couldn't do what she does. <laughs> That's so. what my business partner and I always say. <laughs> it's just say. Like, amazing that it worked out that way. So um, I'm the creative director. And so I'm I'm shooting um, constantly, almost every day, and editing with my creative team. It's so much fun. We um, set the brand aesthetic, and we make sure that across all channels that we are sticking to that, making all supporting all of our launches. Um, it's really fun. It's fast paced, like I said, but it's super fun, and we get to be creative every day. And that's my passion, and I love it so much. Awesome. And I think that not only passion is like you have to have an eye for it. Like when I met Lindsay from the very early days. Whenever you meet someone, you're going to go into business with them. Like you have to look and say, like these are my skills, and like write a list and be like, this is what I'm good at, and then really think about like what do I not have? Like she has so much talent, so many skills, so much stuff across all aspects of creative. It's not just the photography or the videography or the physical assets that come out. It's the story of how to make that come alive, how to take something that we've created, an incredible product that's innovative, and how to tell that story visually multimedia across so many different forums and channels and platforms. You have to have like a really big picture vision and like be a visionary to do that. And she has that vision and so also has the skills to like put that in practice and make it happen and have the team to make it happen. And like, that's not my strength. Like, and I know that that's not my strength. And so I know that I'm like a data and analytics person and operations person and like making sure the product's here on time and like making sure, you know, the bus moves forward and the wheels don't fall off. And so you need to have all of that in building a business and building a brand and you need to complement each other and really have incredibly strong skills that are distinctly ours so that she has her domain and she does what she does and she does it with tremendous passion and talent and that I do what I'm doing and do it with my passion and talent and really be able to complement each other. And I think that's what makes a successful partnership long term. Do you ever disagree? Yeah. Well, well, we intersect (laughs) at product development. We both test and try products. And I think a lot of times we disagree on products, but I think that's good. That's part of the process because us disagreeing means we just need to make it better then so that we can both agree on it. I think it's very constructive. I think that having an open dialogue and having communication makes everything better. We work in front of each other. So literally like we face each other every single day. (laughs) So we sit at desks that face each other every day. And so it allows that open flow of communication, which I think makes things healthy. And like, if I'm ever upset about something, I can talk to her about it. She's upset about something. She can talk to me about it. But when we intersect in product, I think it's actually amazing because she'll think about something that I wouldn't have thought about. And I'll have a comment on something that we might not have thought of. And so like, and then we'll kind of iterate and evolve and evolve and work with the team to get it to a place that we're both satisfied and we will not launch something unless we're both satisfied. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfect. And so you're both 100% focused on on wonder beauty 
This is yes. it. Absolutely. I mean, we do other things, but yeah. this is it. <laughs> I'm still slightly sometimes modeling. If something comes up, I just got a job. If it comes up, I do it. But my priority is Wander Beauty and I'm having fun. How big is your team now? Oh God, it's growing by the minute. It's very mm. hard to keep track at this point. We, <laughs> we're hiring a couple people almost a month now. Um, we have someone, we have two new people potentially starting this month. Um, it's grown a lot. I mean, it was, we were in my apartment for a while. We were in the like apartment a few across of the us. hall. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're, you know, we're, we're pretty growing really rapidly. Who is your first hire? That's a good question. Yeah, I was going to say of who's on the team now, our product development person. And Mm. I think it actually speaks to how important that function is for us as a brand. There's Because there's so much beauty out there, we feel very strongly that if we're not innovating 360 and solving that unmet need, then we're not doing it. And so having that lens of really being, anyone can go to a lab, and take a stock formula and tweak it 10% and put it on the market and do all marketing and all speak and all, you know, throw it all out there. But the reality is like, that's very much not what we do. Very much what we do is thinking about a category, thinking about the problems, thinking about the pain points and talking directly to the consumer because we have 300,000 customers that we can talk to and have a conversation with about these things. And so we invested in PD very heavily early on because that's a strength of our brand. Mm-hmm. And how did you find that person? I found her off of a website that I invested in. <laughs> it, was <laughs> a company, it was a company that I invested in. Um, and they had this incredible marketplace to find college students. And literally, we she applied and we interviewed her. And Lindsay and I felt like she was a good fit. And she's just been an incredible part of our team mm-hmm. and has really grown since yeah. then and is now way out of college. She's great. <laughs> what, were you say, what would you say were the biggest challenges in the early days? Um, I mean, for me in the beginning, I think kind of juggling two careers was really challenging. Um, I Just you, taking that risk is always a little bit scary. Is this going to work? It but, still is. You know, <laughs> that's, that's definitely challenging. And then just constantly like innovating because like you, like Davi was saying, like we don't just launch a product and throw some marketing at it. It has to actually solve a problem, has to be a must have and essential. And so that's always a challenge because we want to be different. We want to stand out. Yeah. I think that every day it evolves into new challenges. I think the biggest challenge for us right now is growth because we are bringing so many new people new people into the team, keeping the culture of the right. tenets we believe in as a brand, the trust, respect, the humility, the hard yes. work, enforcing that at every level, across 360 across the organization as we grow so much. I think also trying to fulfill the needs of our retail partners to trying to fill the the needs of our direct-to-consumer partners and really feeling like every customer is being heard and building a community, I think has been a tremendous amount of work, but it's been amazing work. Like when we get emails and we read them personally, we get DMs and we read them personally. Mm-hmm. And like we have these touch points with real people about how they're involving their our brand in their beauty routine and their lives. That's the most rewarding part of anything. Are you personally going into Instagram and engaging with your customers? Oh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> read. I read everything. I watch everything. We respond to them. And we also we do crowdsourcing as well. Um, if you guys follow us, you'll see if we have, um, for instance, we're like looking at some lipsticks that we're going to launch. We're posting the shades, getting feedback live right away because we want to know what women want. This beauty or this brand is all about women, what they want. 
And so we're listening to them and giving them exactly what they want and letting them vote and have a say in what we create. And that is a tactic that we always recommend to our customers to really pay attention to their customers, look at their social channels, see what they like, what they don't like. And we actually wanted to bring that element here today. So we have a surprise for the both of you based on what we saw on your Instagram channels. They're (laughs) in your clear entrepreneurista bag that that should be next to your chairs. Um, and it's in the um, it's in the little envelope with your name on it. Okay, this is a surprise. <laughs> surprise! <laughs> fun. Yes, that okay. one. Can I open it? Yes, yes, okay. please. It's exciting. So for cool. Lindsay, we saw that you went to an SLT <laughs> yes, class, so we got you, you a gift card to SLT. That's exciting. I and, love SLT. Uh, for Divya, we saw you recently at a <laughs> I love to 305 <laughs> fitness class, so surprise. <laughs> love it. Love 305. Thank, Thank you so, you much. so much. really sweet. Yeah. Um, this is part of our creative process. It's also like a really great testing ground for our um, products. And Lindsay will tell you a story about our mascara and how she tested it literally at the gym. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> So um, our Unlashed Mascara, our first mascara, that took about a year to develop. Um, It was a really fun challenge. And, you know, as a model, I've been exposed to so much beauty over the years. I've tested all the mascaras out there, hundreds of mascaras. I've worn them. And I understood what I wanted to be different about this mascara. I wanted it to have volume, length, and curl for sure. But I also wanted the formula to be buildable so that you could layer on more coats throughout the day. A lot of mascaras get hard and it just gets spidery and messy. And then the biggest thing is I didn't want it to smudge or flake. So in order to test that, I would go in saunas. I would take it to the gym. I actually slept in the mascara. I put it to the test. And so did many other people. But I personally put it to the test to make sure that it wouldn't flake or smudge and that is another Allure Best of Beauty winner, a product I'm super proud of. It's amazing. It's really good. Yeah. And I'm wearing it now because I'm Me obsessed. Too. I wear it every single day. I get assuming that you only wear your own products. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't have it, we make it. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's next? What are you making next? We have a lot of amazing stuff mm-hmm. in the pipe. We're really That's excited fun. about yeah, our foray into skin. We obviously created a baggage claim gold eye mask, which was just a huge hero for us. Instantly kind of brightens your under eyes with, you know, camu camu extract from the Amazon and deep puffs and has aloe leaf juice to soothe. And it really built credibility for us in skincare. And since then, we've launched a lot of items in skin. We've launched um, the Drift Away Cleanser. We've launched a Dive-In Moisturizer, which has Pentavitin at 1%, which gives you 72 hours of moisture, which is needed by all women who are on the go. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And then now we have something really exciting, which is... Yeah, so coming up, um, launching on the 19th, right? So yes. this is called Fastlane Instant Facial. And... It was so much fun because last week we actually filmed the campaign for it. And this is my favorite campaign, by the way. They did an amazing job. (laughs) People described this in one word as game changer or not one word, but facial at my fingertips. It's really changing the game because literally you put this on, put this on. It's a mask. It's a Mm -hmm. chemical exfoliating mask. You put it on for about 15 to 20 minutes, completely transforms the texture of your skin, makes it softer and smoother, removes all dead skin cells also clears out your pores. There's a mixture of 10% glycolic and lactic acid as well as 2% salicylic. So it's enough acid to do the job, but also little enough to keep it gentle on your skin. I have super sensitive skin. So do I. And I do feel a little bit of a tingle, but it doesn't burn and I can use it once a week. I used to get really expensive treatments at my dermatologist's office. I would get glycolic acid peels and I would leave with hundreds of dollars. 
um, $100 bill or, or more than that. Um, and so what's amazing about this is that you could do it right at the comfort, in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, you can less. do it on a plane. You can do it yeah. when you travel. It's in a tube. You can take it with you anywhere. Yeah. It's basically an instant filter, as said by one of our team mm-hmm, members. Exactly. I'm stealing her lines. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and that's what it does. And like, we're just excited about bringing this yeah. out. Yeah. How long does it take to develop a product like that? Oh, God. <sighs> it really ranges. Like, I feel like, you know, we've spent years on like this. So this is reminded oh God, by know. someone on our team. She's like, well, we've only been working on that for over two years. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, you're right. It has been over two years. And this is our new Delusion Foundation, which I'm super passionate and excited about because it covers everything, feels like nothing. And it also has a doe foot so you can put it on in the back of a cab when you need to. Um, and it can work as a concealer or foundation or even body makeup. But I think that it really ranges. It's been would there have been moments where we've like, gotten it so right early mm-hmm. on because we've spent a lot of time in concepting yes. and understanding ingredients and thinking through like what we want it to be and then our chemist has like gotten it so right and mm-hmm. then there have been times where it hasn't been so it's right so wrong. and you it's to go back and forth for months and months and years so it really ranges um, but we think we've found that the more clear we are with the mission of what we're trying to create it mm-hmm. speeds up the time a little bit yeah Coming up, building the right team and why resilience matters, plus a surprise. We just talked about how long the product development phase can take. I would imagine you need a lot of patience in this business. What other traits do you think you need to be successful in the beauty space? Um... I think uh, you have to be a big thinker. I think thinking big and understanding what women want, what what they're missing in their beauty routine. So it's it's really about thinking big and innovating. That's really important um, for product development. Um, like I said, I was lucky with modeling. I had so many years of experiencing different formulas, and so I have a good understanding when I touch something, how it's going to feel, how it's going to wear, how it's going to react, and you know it's. It's something that you can't, you can't learn it in school. (laughs) Just years of just experimenting. And it is an intuition. Good intuition is a good way to put it. Yeah. I think that um, building team is huge. Like there's no way to build a really amazing brand and company and product if you don't have the right people in place. The success of what we've experienced in these three years that we've been launched, and we obviously spent a year before that kind of concepting and thinking about it. Um, we've been in business three full years, and May it'll be four. Congratulations. Um, we're really excited about that. has been investing in people. It's been investing in the right people, and I'm really thinking about how and when to do that and almost being at a pain point of like where things are really like we've been – slow to hire and been very choosy about it. And I think that's been critical for us. And I think just as a entrepreneur, this concept of resilience, like you will get by and mm-hmm. you will persevere mm-hmm. and you will make it because there's so many things that knock you and knock the wind out of you in the process. You get hit by curveballs left, right, and center from every different direction, whether it's coming from customers or retailers or investors or team. Like you just have to be able to weather the storm and be resilient and survive beyond that and have to have the wherewithal to actually deal with all of that internally. Did you make any mistakes? I 
definitely feel like we, you know, rushed things sometimes because we were really excited about them and didn't necessarily think through every step. But um, I think now we're, we've learned from that and we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mistakes, it's like interesting. I think that we did make some people mistakes to be totally transparent. I think that we uh, reached a point where we were like, oh my God, we have so much on our plates. We're doing so much. Every person's doing the job of three people and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we need to get someone in here. And like, it's not a get someone in here. It's a get the right person in Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we learned from that too. Let's, Let's talk about the challenges a bit more. Instagram and the media, they tend to glamorize entrepreneurship, but as we all know, it's very, very hard. Let's talk about some of those dark days, those hard, challenging moments where you just did not know what was going to happen next. Can you think of a time where that was the case? Yeah, I think it's really challenging to, A, we're putting ourselves out there. Like Lindsay and I are very much integrated and of the brand, for the brand, part of the brand, and we get personal feedback directly to ourselves and being able to swallow all of that personal feedback 360 from every direction that it comes at is like, you know, you need to develop um, an aptitude to listen and to react to it and also have a thick skin at the same time to not let every little thing that everyone says about you get to you because if I let that happen, I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. And so we have to persevere with what we feel right, what feels right to us and, and move forward based on our, you know, moral compass. One thing I think that was really challenging for us, one particular moment I remember was when we were actually creating a product exclusively for a retailer and we showed it to them and I could see that they were less than excited and ensued within three hours was the phone call where they were less than happy about it and just the barrage of commentary that went after that. And I thought about this a lot and I talked to the team about it. When we put something out there, like we said, we care a lot about it and we put a lot of time, energy, and thought into it. And we would not have moved forward with that production of that item had we not felt confident that we thought that it was going to be of quality uh, and serve an unmet need. And we tried to talk to them about this and be like, listen, like we feel strongly that we're still going to move forward with this. We know you're not thrilled about it and we feel we understand your sentiment and we want to react to that. But we think that we can stand by this. If we're going to put Wander Beauty's name on that packaging, we're standing by it. And we stood by it. And the reaction from the community was nothing like what they thought it was going to be. They thought there was going to be outrage and people were going to be unhappy with it and not feel satisfied. And we got so much good energy, goodwill, um, people using it on social and liking it. And then also further, like it's the gift that keeps giving because people keep using it. And every time I see it, it's just this happy moment where I'm just like, you know, we almost didn't make that. And we almost let external forces drive our decision-making process. And I think to the greatest degree that we can rely on our own intuition and we can rely on our gut. And what Lindsay said is like, what makes us entrepreneurs and what is one of her strengths is like having this good intuition, having the good intuition of knowing your brand and knowing what's right to put out there and trusting that gut and trusting that intuition and seeing it through. What did they think people would not like about it? A lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was just saying, you know, the packaging didn't come out exactly the way we wanted it to, and we understood you had, so that. So you already had it ordered. It was already it made. Was, it you was, had all you know, these it products. It had been and... approved by all people involved, and we weren't thrilled with exactly all the decisions that were made, and they were all not 100% in our control. But the reality is that the end product was something that we stood by, and people actually really liked it, and it, it did well, and it was okay. And, you know, maybe it was a saving grace, but I think that 
we feel strongly that if we're going to put something out there, we really do like to put it in the lens of like, would we buy this? Would we spend our money every time we have a product development conversation? Lens would be like, well, I'd only pay this much money for it. <laughs> and then like the number God in me is like, can we afford to do it at that number? <laughs> And then I'm like crunching and calculating and being like, Lindsay only wants to pay this much money for it. This is how much it costs us. This is how much we need to price it at. This is how many people we have to pay in the middle to make it happen. This is how much the unit curtain is going to be yeah. and the component and the fill and the freight. And I'm like crunching 3,000 yes. numbers in my head and be like, can we get it to that price? But that's literally what happens. We're like, she's like, I would only pay this much money for it. And I'm like, well, I would only pay this much for money for it. And I'm like, you're far more generous than me. So, you know, it is this dialogue of us mm. understanding and feeling that beat. And we don't, we are literally willing to put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. How are you interacting with your team in those moments? Is it a collaborative process? Do you have, you know, now uh, a management team in place managing your entire team or, or are you in the weeds with everyone? I mean, for creative, it's really collaborative. Um, I'm the creative director, but I look at the girls that I work with as my peers mm -hmm. and I learn so much from them. They learn so much from me. So it's really a team effort and it's, you know, very collaborative, which I love. I like working that way. Yeah. And I, I think prefer. that we are still very much in the weeds. And despite the fact that we keep growing, I think that's part of our culture. I yep. think that we as people are doers and we are not managers. We yeah. are actually doers. And so if there's something we can do, we do it. We don't push it down to the team to get it done. That's not our management style. Our management style is that Lindsay's literally sitting behind a camera taking pictures and actually setting up the shot and making it happen, but also working with a total team to like put together a huge campaign that requires 10 people to work on. Mm -hmm. So there are so many different hats we wear and so many different roles that we take in any given day that we're doing our job. But our job is to literally create and to do work and to execute, but at the same time have the bigger picture vision and empower the team around us. We definitely hired a layer of management and that does exist in our organization, but we believe in meritocracy and we all sit out in an open floor plan. We all communicate with each other directly. Like people report directly into us. We don't create a lot of layers. We just try and keep it as minimal as possible. Love that. I know for a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, managing people can be a challenge. Do you have any tips for any of our listeners about management? Um, I had never managed people. <laughs> I was, as a model, you were very solo. It's a yes. very- lonely life at times. No, it's fine. It's, I'm so grateful. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely had to learn. And Divya has been a great example of a manager for me. I wouldn't call you a manager. It's just like, but I can see how you lead the team and I lead by example and teach so many people. And I think it's amazing. So I always do my best to, um, to teach the, the girls on my creative team as much as I can, but also, like I said, learn from them. And it's, I, I would call my management style very gentle. <laughs> <laughs> it's very gentle and it's collaborative. We're all yes. coming to a decision yes. together, but ultimately the end goal is to cr make this vision come to life. I have a vision and I communicate yes. it well, and then we just all work together to Have you to ever life. had to give tough feedback to someone? Oh, yeah. Is it hard? It's really hard. That is the hardest thing for me is, um, you know, because with creative, there's no right or wrong. It's just right, we've set right. a brand aesthetic and we're trying to stick to that. But somebody else might like a little bit darker, you know, totally a little edgier, which is just not us, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. And so that's always hard because I'm like, you're super talented. You have an education, but we're just going in a different direction. Yes. Um, so that's always tricky, it, giving that kind of feedback. Um, 
I still kind of struggle with it, but I just communicate what the brand aesthetic is. I take them back. We are light. We're airy. Everything is authentic. Yes. It's never overly produced. It's relatable. It speaks to everyday women, their everyday lifestyles. And I think that it's being true to your gut. And so mm -hmm. when we think about ourselves as managing, it's part of your job, right? Yes, dealing with yes. people. It's like 90% of the job for me is dealing with people. It's dealing with the whole team. It's dealing with everything from their, their healthcare to their payroll, to our benefits, to their timings, to their vacation, to everything. And like, we have someone, um, in place who helps us with HR, which I think is incredible. And I think that, um, many organizations don't invest in that early enough. And from my experience as being an entrepreneur and being in four different companies, people tend to bring someone in in the HR function at, at about 50 people or so, and sometimes not even until 100 people. And we did that earlier. And we felt How like- How many people were you when you did it? I would say about 20-ish or so in that realm of like people who are around the office, not necessarily all full-time. Um, we went early because we felt that this is a priority for us. And so when the two of us are working around the clock and trying to make deadlines and trying to push the brand forward and push the mission of the brand forward, we have to be focused on that. Otherwise, the brand is not going to move forward. And so we do need to have someone who's there to listen to every single thing that happens across the board and how anyone is feeling needs to be voiced and there needs to be someone to talk to. And if physically we can't be there for every conversation, you need to have someone there. And I think that yes. matters. And I think investing in that early matters. And that's a big piece of advice I would give people is that investing in spending time developing yourself um, in terms of dealing with these issues mm -hmm. is important and also bringing in external resources when and if you need them and doing it early matters. I would say that we as leaders think about our brand and we think about the three things Lindsay really just said. Teach, because she's teaching the team what she knows and I'm teaching them everything I know. Learn and learn from what they know and be able to create value around their skill set and inspire. And that's all you really can hope for. You got to teach, learn, and inspire and take it from there. I love that. I'm definitely taking notes over here because <laughs> there are some things that I could bring back to social fly for sure. Uh, from a marketing standpoint, because we talked about how social media has played a role, is that the main driver of, of your marketing? I, I mean, there's so many different channels. I think it's, it's definitely a place where a piece. Uh, I, it's a piece of it. Um, and then Facebook is another big piece of it. Um, Divya can speak more to this, but I think <laughs> um, Instagram is a place where people can get inspired and really understand visually who we are. And it's less about pushing a product and selling and just more about inspiring, getting them that feeling of travel, the romanticism of it, having them feel that. And having them feel transported. Exactly. And yeah. that matters. I think community is big for us. When we think about our brand and what we invest in, it's all about community. It's about taking individual personal experiences. The woman who's doing her makeup in the Uber, the woman who's doing her skincare when she's picking up her kids from carpool in the car and is like standing there in the pickup line. And the woman who's touching up her face or her skin or her hair at her desk at work with the woman who's traveling and doing it in an airport. We're taking all of those individualized, very personal stories, and we are weaving them in to be the narrative of our brand. And so we're allowing the communities 
voices, experiences, touch points, pain points to be our brand. That is really who we are as a brand because this came very much out of our own experiences. Are you repurposing a lot of user-generated content? Absolutely. And user-generated stories and storytelling and user-generated product ideas. I mean, it's literally social co-creation alongside the customer. They are producing every single multitasker that's coming out of Wonder Beauty alongside us and testing them along the way. There, We have so many um, influencers and testers and real women customers that are 100% engaged in being a part of this brand and creating the future. What do you do to encourage that? Do you, is there a campaign that you're running to encourage these types of stories being shared on social media or is it happening naturally? We do it every day. We just keep the door open. Really, that's what we do. We keep the door open. We're like, you know, people send us email, people call us. We do a lot of polls and quizzes and feedback sessions and Instagram live videos where we're swatching real life swatches and getting real time feedback. That's the beauty of social media. It's a two-way conversation between the consumer and, and the brand. And we open up that door. And so they can come and visit us at any given moment, anytime they want to, and be as involved as they want to be. Um, we do quizzes. We do surveys. We do a l- focus groups, a lot of stuff across. And we also bring media. in um, fans of the brand, beauty influencers, friends, family to come in our studio. We have a studio in our office and we bring them in and we shoot with them. So we've, we've developed these relationships with so many women um, and it's great because then we can we support them they support us we get amazing content that they can use we can use and it's just so much fun up next teach learn and inspire and a brainstorm you can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on instagram at entrepreneistas check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneistapodcast.com So I know you use social media for product development. I want to talk more about the products because these are game changers, as as you mentioned. What are some of the new products that you're really excited about? So I'll show you. We um, we launched our first hair product. It's in our No Days Off kit. And what this is called, it's called Extra Mileage Hair Refresher. And it's unlike anything you've ever seen before. I definitely We are right bringing – I know, same. <laughs> I've been using it all week. Same, same. So if you are that busy woman on the go who wants to just wash your hair once a week, maybe twice a week, but you That's don't me. maybe <laughs> once a week if I'm it's a good week. <laughs> we we surveyed a bunch of women and they the pain point was dry shampoo, how actually drying it is for your yeah. scalp, the aerosol, it's often very toxic, super lots of fragrance that leaves a white cast in your hair mm-hmm. and but they rely on dry shampoo to get them through the week. So we wanted to reinvent the dry shampoo. So basically what this is, extra mileage is actually a liquid shampoo. Liquid and dry at the same time, which is so cool and innovative. I'm obsessed. So, and our entire team has been loving I this. I need that right now. It's I might so just good. like climb over there and grab it. So this liquid at the bottom, when you, when it settles, you'll see there's a layer of silica powder, which helps to absorb any excess oil. So you just spray it onto your scalp. And there's also nourishing ingredients like panthenol. So you're going to get that nice, like kind of spa-like treatment as you spray it in and you massage. And so it's wet for a few seconds, but then it evaporates and your hair, as it evaporates, your hair kind of just like lifts and gets more volume. All that excess oil and dirt is absorbed, removed. It's like... It's a restart, a refresh for your hair 
without having to actually take a shower. It's basically so, magic. It's, it's magic. It's, it's magic. Magical. Like it. It just sounds magic. like a miracle potion. How? how for how someone who goes to the one? gym and then goes to work, right? Yes. And is not washing their hair. Or someone who has a blowout and wants to extend it one more day. Or someone who just like doesn't want to wash their hair because it's color treated and they're trying to preserve their color. They're going to dry shampoo. And that's been what's been on the market. And yes. like Lindsay mentioned, it's, you know, loaded with alcohol. It's drying out your scalp. It's causing dandruff. It's calling dry scalp. You're getting brittle hair. It's actually affecting the color if you're color treating your hair. And so creating this cleansing solution that is so innovative, that really is good for your hair and works with your hair and not against it is game changing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm obsessed that I haven't even used it yet. I cannot. I used it like three it. times yesterday because I was like on my last <laughs> night. How there was like there's a limit to how dirty your hair can be, and I reached that limit <laughs> what yesterday. Is that limit. You that was that limit. Anymore. It's different per person, but yesterday I reached the limit. <laughs> <laughs> and was that that's your first hair care product? Yes. Is it the only hair care product or you have some others? It, we have some stuff some, in the works, but some innovative ideas coming, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And for us it was like where is the pain point? Where is the unmet need? Where's what does the consumer want from her? Hundreds of thousands of yes. people weighed in on this. Filled out surveys, had focus groups, talked to us like what are your pain points? All the things Lindsay mentioned, the the dry cat, the dry um the dry scalp. Mm-hmm. Uh, the white cast, all of those things are real pain points. And we were like, how do we solve them? How do we create something that does better? Speaking of pain points, um, is there anything that you would want to brainstorm now about pain points? Uh, we'll put 60 seconds on the clock and we can just come up with some genius ideas. <laughs> I think one of the things that we th- is top of mind for us is this idea of connecting with the community. How best can we connect with her? How best can we talk to her? Is it YouTube? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Like, is it customer service? Is it phone calls? Is it emails? What do you think are the ways that we should be touching the consumer every which way? I would say it's all of the things that you just mentioned. Um, With social media, what's really amazing is you can speak to all of your customers at scale. They're all following you for the most part. And with one message, you can talk to everyone. But that doesn't eliminate the need to connect with people one-on-one. I'm and sure dig your deeper. Cu- and dig deeper. I'm sure your customers would love if you called them up through Instagram, which is something you can do right now and really just surprise them like we surprised you today. Uh, another thing that I think is really cool that I don't see a lot of people doing is you can do Instagram live, but you can invite your customers to be on with you. Right. Uh, and I think that would be really special for them because, as you mentioned before, it's a very, very competitive market. But I'm going to buy your product if you show that you're very, very interested in what I'm thinking, what I need, you're solving my problems. And there's a real opportunity using the social media capabilities to take that steps further through those one-on-one connections. Is that helpful? That is helpful. That was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we did, we actually just did a live recently and like people wanted to join our live video and we had them join and then I asked them like well how why do you follow Wander and like why do you like Wander so you actually had them on the screen we had them yeah and it was like it was so funny that one of the girls who was on there she's like I just discovered you guys on Facebook and I follow you on Instagram and I love it like it was just great to hear directly from different consumers like real time what they're thinking without being scripted without typing an email and thinking about it they're just telling us what's on their mind at that moment and what I love too and I think what's so special about the two of you is that it is two women behind this company that are genuinely passionate about solving problems. And in the beauty space, there are a lot of men behind the company. Um, And, you know, I'm sure through years and years of being in the industry, they've figured out maybe what women want or they have to hire women to 
do that part of their business. But what's so special about the two of you is that you genuinely know what women want and can react to it and make make really great products. And also, I think people are interested in the the inspiration behind it and how you two come together to create this amazing company is a really special story to share on on Instagram and I'm sure it will inspire a lot of people. And running a business too is very challenging, time consuming as we talked about before. How do you balance it all? How do you still do you still have a personal life? <laughs> This so this, so early in your business, the the first years are definitely the hardest. I don't know if it gets easier. Yeah. People tell me it does at some point. Uh, we have more infrastructure. We have more people. Yeah, which makes that, that a little nice. better. The early that days were kind of the early brutal. days were tougher. But I'm I feel like I'm always because I'm creating so much content. I never stop creating. I'm always creating. Yeah. Um, I was on vacation recently in the Bahamas. I made sure I had my camera with me on the beach because I did all this amazing product photography. Which was stunning. And everybody thought I was crazy. They're like, what is she photographing? Because it's like, <laughs> like a tube. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's doing? a special, special talent but that you have. Um, yeah, I never stop working. But I integrate it in my in my life and I really enjoy it. Yeah, I think it just it's with you all the time when it's your business and you're a founder and you're 100% committed and invested in it. It's with you seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and you have to be ready for that. I, I, I do feel like there are some people who are really good at like shutting off and having time and like I'm not good at that. And so I enjoy it and I really love it and I hope that we'll just continue to achieve all the amazing things we've achieved so far and build so much more from that. Great, great. And what would you say being an entrepreneurista means to you? I'm going to ask. This is a question for the both of you. Um, I mean, based on what we've been talking today, talking about today, I think being an entrepreneurista means being a visionary. For me, is being connected to the community. I think it's really listening yes, and understanding yes. what they need and then taking that feedback to have it inform 360 what we're creating in the brand, whether it's product, whether it's marketing, whether it's infrastructure, everything to serve her needs. I couldn't agree more. And uh, something I'm wondering, what's next for the both of you? Once you leave this door, where are you going? Uh, I have a shoot coming up. We, al- we also have a meeting with a lab today. Um, so lots of – it's a full back day. It's exciting. It's a full busy but, day like every yeah, single day. It always day. is. Thank you so, so much for joining me. I certainly learned a lot today. Uh, where can everyone find and follow you? So at wander underscore beauty and I'm at D-G-U-G-N-A-N-I at D-Gugnani. And I'm at Linz Ellingson. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you must follow them. You gave us an incredible surprise. We are so grateful. Lindsay's going to go to SLT. I'm going to go to 305. We're going to work ourselves out. (laughs) Give us some stress relief, too. Um, So we have a surprise for you. We're so excited to share with your listeners a special opportunity to have a coupon code on Wander Beauty. It's 20% off, and the code is BOSSBABE. You can use it at wanderbeauty.com. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, And thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with a whole new episode. And I'm Courtney, and this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Thanks for listening. 